It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The Good Day Health Podcast with Dr. Ken Kronhaus, sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and by Prevagen, really good for your mind. This is Good Day Health. I'm excited to have my friend Dr. Ken Kronhaus here. Ken comes to us from his clinic down in Florida, Central Florida. Lake Cardiology is home to lots of wonderful patients who see Ken all week long and weekends when there's a problem, he's there. Also, the staff at Lake Cardiology is fabuloso. I have my watch on, which is monitored by, I, I love starting the program again, talking about the watch. And where I was at, the stress, uh, stress level was 14. What's the, what's the, um, what's it supposed to be between one and 50 or something, right? Is that the, well, the number? The men, what you're wearing is, what's called a wearable for remote patient monitoring, which is a big hot area of medicine that's really came out of COVID-19 when you couldn't get to the doctor's office. And also a big research study done by Medicare showing that when patients are continuously monitored at home in their lives, we can keep you out of the emergency department. We can keep you out of the hospital. And there are many different ways of doing this. Um, about a third of doctors and hospitals are now doing this, and I think this is only going to grow. We started doing it about a year and a half ago. We are finding we're keeping people out of the hospital healthier. People in general like it, especially when insurance covers it, but that's for another program. And most insurers <laughs> do cover it, and most and many cover the entire amount. Some will require a copay a month. But what it does is it allows Doug or whoever is monitoring, we use these wearables, these high-tech watches. They look like an Apple watch. They're not an Apple watch. They do much, much more uh, due to HIPAA. They can't be a phone, but they measure your blood pressure, your heart rate, temperature, oxygen saturation, your steps, your sleep quality. Even what Doug was talking about, what he and I are both fascinated about, it accurately measures your mental stress. This was developed by these very good cardiology investigators, professors at Mount Sinai Medical School in March of 2020 during COVID when there was so much mental stress horribly because of COVID in Manhattan. They had something they could measure, and it's been speculated and no longer speculation, but now fact that something called heart rate variability, this is the difference in the time from beat to beat, even when you think you have a regular rhythm, you put out those calipers, you can see normally there's something called heart rate variability. This is the difference in the cycle length, the time from beat to beat, and heart rate variability decreases as your mental stress increases. And these wearables, these watches we give you at your radial pulse measures your cycle length, measures your heart rate variability, and it translates along with your heart rate acceleration, which the device also measures into a score from one to 100, which Doug was talking about under 50 is very good 
over 50 is not good. And it's like the canary in the coal mine because most of us know when we're stressed out, when our number's 90 to 100, but we don't know when it's 55, 60, but the heart, the rest of the body, wear and tear, mental stress, horrible on the heart. It's as bad as cigarette smoking. So these wearables where we can measure objectively actually score your mental stress in real time anytime you want to do it accurately measures it will lower the risk of heart disease i love it because it tells you the difference between reactive high blood pressure and essential high blood pressure many of us see our blood pressure fluctuate all day and we yeah. don't know whether it's due to our mental stress our physical stress or just because the blood vessels are getting too stiff essential hypertension this device you see your blood pressure on the screen on the dial you tap it you see your blood pressure immediately and then we teach our patients and doug to immediately then get your <laughs> mental stress score to see whether it's due to mental stress increase and then the treatment is uh, relaxation unlike if the mental stress score is low the blood vessels are probably getting too stiff and the treatment then unfortunately is along with lifestyle often you need medications to treat the high blood pressure but this device allows us to differentiate between reactive hypertension which you don't want to treat with these antihypertensive medications because then if you relax you'll be on the floor as your blood pressure is too low you want to treat the reactive hypertension with stress reduction with mental relaxation whatever relaxes you and the essential hypertension when the blood pressure is too the vessels are too stiff the mental stress score is low that's where you talk about using medications for blood pressure uh my blood uh, my beat per minute is 67. excellent Let's see what else am i finding here this how's your but, oxygenation uh, 96 something 96. and the neat part about it is doug has an app that we is freely put on his phone and then I have an app on my phone and you I can watch and, as, and I can connect with Doug in real time immediately. Big so brother if, Ken watching so, what I'm doing and how <laughs> So as soon as he okay. taps his the dial on his watch, it goes to his app and it immediately mm -hmm. goes to my app. Yeah. This is there Dr. George. This is Dr. George Jetson at George, your George, here's George Jetson. Dump, 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 dump. All right, so King, King. So Ken, who's king of info when it comes to things that are uh, that are researched by the various uh, journals, he reports on them after he's looked at them and they'll uh, be interpreted so you can understand their impact on you and your life. And Ken will help you with that, whether in person at Lake Cardiology or uh, through the connections on Zoom, telemedicine, whatever they may be, all you have to do is call the office for an appointment for time with Ken, 352-735-1400. That's it, 352-735-1400 for Dr. Ken Kronhaus, one of the most eminent cardiologists in our country, but he also has a great information because of his research, because of the things we ask him to do for this program. So here's a question or a comment or a thought uh, brought about by a new Pfizer drug that is supposed to, uh, it's a what they call a maternal vaccine that prevents RSV. I guess we have to start with what RSV is and go from there, Ken. Sure. RSV, it's a mouthful, respiratory syncytial virus. This is a virus that in most adults, 
presents just as a cold, no big deal. But connected it, to COVID at one point in time, didn't we? Well, it's a different virus. But yeah, okay. it, it is deadly in the young, one month to up to a year, and can be very deadly in the debilitated, very elderly. The news this week is that the FDA has approved, Doug, the first vaccine for pregnant women to prevent RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, in infants. It's called Abrisbo. It's been approved as a maternal vaccine to prevent the lower respiratory tract disease in babies from birth through six months of age. The single-dose vaccine, Doug, it's administered via injection from 32 and 36 weeks of gestation. This is a huge advance. Unfortunately, too many infants die from this, and this is going to definitely save lives. All right. So there's some good news. Let's talk for a minute about saving lives these people who are in this the throes of the heat you had it in south the southeast earlier this year then they had it in the southwest now they've got it in the midwest so i wondered if we could take a moment or two to just give people some common sense advice to beat the heat the guides that you may come across uh, staying cool you know I, I think the first problem for people can is to recognize the warning signs of heat related uh, dizziness and racing heartbeats. This I was thinking about this because you were just talking about the the watch and heart beating and stuff. And I was reading some stuff about how these people in the Midwest, especially now with temperatures above 100 degrees, their heart rate is going off the charts, and their shortness of breath, the blood pressure, all of these things that you deal with every day. I mean, it's hot and humid down in Florida, but these people, my God, there's. All kinds of stuff with heat rashes, heat stroke. So what do you think is, uh, do you have some offerings of uh, things that other than the usual hydration? Yeah, we know about that. Stay stay cool. Hello, duh. But have you got any other things that we can quickly and cogently just have people understand this is what to do? Well, when you talk about hydrate, I can't tell you how many people unfortunately got confused by their eighth grade health teacher who told us when we were young to drink eight glasses of water. Mm -hmm. And this can be ineffectual in hydrating you. And I can't tell you how many times I have to give this discussion to patients every day because the, the, and this is so important because hydrate, hydrate, hydrate is the most important thing in trying to stay cooler during these hot temperatures. And in the circulation in the body, unlike the pipes in your kitchen, the circulation pipes in the body is porous. It has holes. So the fluid inside the pipes in your body freely flows in and out of the pipes. Imagine if that's what happened in your kitchen, your kitchen would be a mess. But in the body, the pipes that you're trying to get fluid into and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate has holes in it. And the liquid will go in and out from inside the pipe to outside the pipe. And unless you keep the fluid inside the pipe, you're not hydrating. And you can actually be dehydrated, volume depleted 
and take plenty of fluids. So what you have to do is if you're thirsty, plain water, doctors call free water works. But if you're not thirsty, you have to drink these isotonic fluids, the fluids that have similar tone as blood to hold mm-hmm. the fluid inside, not to do a Gatorade commercial, but this is the yeah, example of Gatorade. Right. Go to your store. There's plenty of isotonic fluids to choose from. Dr. Ken Kronos from Lake Cardiology down in Montero, Florida, expert when it comes to your heart. But because he studies all of these journals, we can uh, imply through his own understanding what's going on or what these these studies mean. And I, one of the things that caught my attention, Ken, was this uh, the story about weight loss surgery. Uh, a lot of people are worried that it uh, is too much, too fast. But apparently there is a good side to it when it comes to your risk for getting cancer. Right, Doug. This is a publication this week in the medical journal, Obesity. It's a 40-year follow-up study. This is a long, long study. So it's, it's worth us taking note of it. And we know, we've talked about it for years on Good Day Health, that obesity is linked to increased cancer risk. But a big question is, can weight loss after bariatric surgery lower a person's risk of getting cancer? Well, this is why this 40-year study was was begun. And and the answers came out this week in publication. And what we learn is that patients who have, you want to predict what we learn? No, you can (laughs) take it. Patients who have bariatric surgery, Doug, have a 25% lower risk of developing any cancers. But the big winners were female surgery patients. They have a 41% lower risk of developing Mm. obesity-related cancers. And I knew you were going to ask me, how do you explain this data? And it seems like there must be some Two, two issues, a hormonal mechanism, because the cancers that were significantly lower for the bariatric surgery patients, Doug, compared to the non-surgery patients were mostly female-related cancers like uterine, ovarian, and breast cancer, which had the biggest dramatic drops. The other group, like the GI cancers, seem to be related to a lot of fat around the right. organ. That was and what I was going to speculate. And those fat. seem to help. There's fat is such a killer, no matter how you apply it. Uh, certainly in your business, the heart disease problems that come from being fat. And then you understand that cancers love fat. Uh, so the people who put the fat on become extraordinarily exposed uh, to cancer risk. And uh, thus the focus in the journal obesity makes nothing but sense. It's so simple. You'd think people would get it. You see all these fat people, and there's no better, no other way of looking. Fat, obese. The, 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 the exciting thing is when they started this study 40 years ago, we didn't even dream about the injectable drugs, but the injectable drugs um, look like they're going to be as good as bariatric How surgery. How about you watch what you eat? How well, about that's, that? That's important also. But one of the big questions is, will the injectable drugs provide the reduction in cancer. Those studies are beginning, and mm-hmm. um, my prediction is they will. And uh, and also, watch what you eat. Keep the weight off. That will lower your risk of getting cancer also. Yeah. I just think you can't overemphasize all of that stuff. When it comes to uh, weight and weight loss, we talk about this stuff all the time, and I keep sending people over to Calitrin, uh, which is an all-natural weight loss product. And while Whatever works. It, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, the success, there are so many good programs around. The good thing about Calitrin is that you can use it as an enhancement at the end of your, if you on a weight loss thing, you exercise, whatever it is. But to keep the weight off, that's important. That's why you go to toploss.com and you uh, check out how Calitrin works, the natural way to keep weight off once you've shaken it. A great combination of things, great people to work with you there. All you have to do is check it out. At toploss.com, when you check out, you use the Doug discount code and get free shipping in the Dog Days of Summer special sale. That's at toploss.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So I'm talking about Ken being a cardiologist. A number of items this week that are connected to heart disease and heart studies. First of all, this study linking an inactive childhood. Kind of what we were just talking about. Kids are getting fat like their parents. What kind of heart damage happens as a result of that as the children grow into adulthood, Ken? Exactly. This is reported in the European Society of Cardiology meeting going on this week, Doug. It's about inactive children and teenagers. Their heart actually increases in weight, which actually leads to wow. heart attacks, strokes, and deaths. All adults. right, so let me stop you for a second. How much does the average, the person who weighs 170 pounds, what does his or her heart weigh? Well, the the heart is about the size of your fist. Mm-hmm. You know, so Pound. what is the uh, what is the too. weight of the heart? Um, you know, it, it, it. I know the answer in grams, and that's why I'm doing some. <laughs> some, some okay, I didn't mean to throw you a curveball. I figure uh, grams are, it, 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 are okay. I, I just it was about, curious. It's about, you know, the average heart is about 380 to 390 grams. And and I was just trying to do the math real quickly. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. I don't even know how to convert. It's been a long time since that kind of math got into my head. So if you don't lose, if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, so uh, grams, if you, yeah, if gonna, you said it was do, ounces, gonna, I could figure it out, but I can't figure out. Does it go from grams to ounces to pounds? Is that the conversion? I'm uh, sorry? I said, does it go from grams to ounces to pounds? Is that how you go through the conversion, or can you go right from it's, grams it's, to pounds? It's less than a pound, and, and the heart of a man is usually about two ounces heavier than a woman's heart. All right, so just think about this for a second, folks. You are listening, and uh, you have uh, regard for Ken for any number of reasons. But think about, here is his whole career based on a couple of ounces of muscle in your body. And then think about how amazing, someone confronted me this week, Ken, on the Good Day program about my faith and what I believed in because I don't have a lot of uh, patience for organized commercial industrial religion, but I certainly have faith. I have a a very uh, a, a very connected relationship, I think, with the spiritual beings, with God, whatever. And so I think all the time of how our body works. This is what 
thrills me about discussing these things with you. Think about it for a second. We have a brain that somehow has been wired to have that few ounces in your chest beat. In my case, we just looked at it, it was like 64 times a minute. Uh, but what? how'd that come to be? And then you look at all the other functions in our body that we, that we're, we're born perfect and we screw them up by eating the bad stuff that Ken's talking about or smoking or just, you know, it's so silly because you have this magnificent thing. And I know I'm on a toot here, but uh, you're talking about the heart and how small it is, but yet what is there without a heart? You yeah, got I, I think, I think good numbers to think about and easy to, uh, think of uh, terms that people are accustomed to. A man's heart, about 10 ounces. A woman's heart, about 8 ounces. And every day, the heart beats about 100,000 times. Amazing. It sends about 2,000 gallons of blood surging <laughs> through your body. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's no bigger than your fist. It's amazing. All right. So we talked about, you know, the childhood and what happens if you're and not active. And that's the problem today with children. I don't want us to sound like a couple of old duffers, uh, but uh, I'm excited about my two grandchildren because they're into running around all the time and, and they can't get enough time to be active. But if you have your kids sitting around watching television or those right. damn devices. Let's talk not... about this study first. Do we have time? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, please. What this study reported, European Society of Cardiology this week, is that inactivity, Doug, during childhood increases the weight of the heart. And as an adult, this increases the risk of heart attack, stroke, and death. So keep moving children and teenagers. They need to get off the sofa and move more to avoid a heavier heart. Mm -hmm. All right. You heard it from the expert. Let's keep going in the heart department here. Uh, those who survive a heart attack, who don't take aspirin every day, uh, looking for trouble, right? Yes, a report in the Journal of the American Medical Association just in the last few weeks that less than 50% of people who've had a heart attack are actually long-term taking aspirin, a, a baby aspirin, a low-dose aspirin. If you've had a, a heart attack, and this was reported this week in the European Society of Cardiology, the impact of this, if you've had a heart attack, your doctor likely told you to take a low-dose aspirin daily to prevent that second heart attack or stroke, but most mm -hmm. people do not follow through with this advice over the long term. Those folks who do not take a daily low-dose aspirin, they're more likely to have another heart attack or a stroke or die compared to those who consistently take aspirin. I do it every night. And the you way got to me do onto it... To it. it how long have we known each other? 15, well, 16 years? I, you told me that when the first time we met at some radio conference, and I've been taking a baby aspirin every night since then. Well, we, we've lowered the recommendation if you have no plaque in the coronaries, uh, we're, we're hesitant to recommend it to prevent the first heart attack as we have in the past. But um, definitely, if you have plaque in the coronaries or if you've had a heart attack already, take it with a meal to lower the risk of bleeding. Um, talk to your doctors about the risk of bleeding from taking a, a low-dose aspirin, but you should definitely make that decision with your doctor about the risk of taking it versus the risk of not taking it. Again, lowering that risk is when you take it during 
a major meal. All right. So with me then, because I don't have any plaque in my thoracic cavity, maybe at this point I shouldn't be taking a baby aspirin every night. Well, we gave it to you for a different issue because of the plaque we clearly see in your carotid. That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there we go. I don't have any in my thoracic cavity, but I guess I'm in my. We don't have it. You don't have any in your corn. Wait, be careful. We don't have any in your coronaries. That's it. Okay. Which is located in your thoracic cavity, but the thoracic cavity is pretty big. Big. All right. So is Dr. Ken. He's big when it comes to medical advice. Stay tuned. We're going to have more questions, more studies, more thought-provoking information. Dr. Ken Kronhaus here on Good Day Health. I'm Doug Steffen with an invitation to go. You want to relieve some stress? Got that watch on. Stress is down to 14. That's what you want. So go have some fun. Take a couple of nights in Las Vegas that don't cost you any money. Huh? How's that work? I've been teasing because when I talk about this on the air, I say for a good time, call Doug, 800-419-DOUG. But that's true. Dial 800-419-3684. I'm not going to be there to greet you, uh, but you can go and have a fabulous time. Maybe it's your first time in Vegas. Maybe you've been there 10 times or whatever. How can you, how can you miss? How can you pass up? The fact that you got two nights in fabulous Las Vegas just by dialing 800-419-3684. Operators, as they say in the big commercials, are standing by. So help yourself. Two free nights in Vegas. Maybe you get a third. If you're lucky, you can stay there for 10 nights if you want. What the heck? They'll arrange it for you. Free nights in Vegas starts by dialing 800-419-3684. Back with Dr. Ken Kronos. I'm Doug Steffen. We're focusing on your heart at the moment with a number of things that have come out this week in the medical journals. All right, here's another one. Uh, people who go into the, uh, the ICU, uh, what happened? Uh, they're, get, they're getting there because they're doing bad stuff, right, oftentimes? Yeah, this comes out of the medical journal Heart this week, Doug, that more than one out of every 10 patients who land in an intensive care unit, an ICU, with a potentially deadly heart emergency, they test positive for recreational drug use. Mm -hmm. About 11% of nearly 1,500 patients admitted to a French intensive cardiac care unit for a heart crisis. They tested positive for, are you ready, cannabis, opioids, cocaine, methamphetamine, or other illicit drugs. Drugs were even more common in younger heart patients with one out of three patients under 40 testing positive. Just stupid. It is. It's just stupid. Huge problem worldwide. All right. Let's, let's while we're here and talk about strokes and heart attacks and stuff, I wonder, we keep telling, we're telling people that it's too early to figure out how to use AI. I just saw something that suggested that there's a new form of artificial intelligence that helps stroke patients speak again. You know, a lot of us are critical of AI because it seems already to be out of control. But here's a story of a paralyzed woman, uh, and they've done something in her into her brain using AI that uh, got her to speak again. Uh, and... So, you know, I think of the movie Avatar, and that's kind of what this is. This is still still in research, but apparently they're pairing AI uh, with a a patient's victim of a stroke, Owen's voice, um, to help her speak, uh, apparently after 20 years. So this is very exciting, and and, uh, 
And, you know, I think this has to be assisted intelligence. And therefore, we can look at this a little differently. And if it's used carefully, it may have an incredible result. Yep. All right. Let's see here. There's a warning from the FDA that you want to talk about this week regarding a certain type of eye drop. Let's dig into that. Yeah, this is important because, again, these eye drops are in the news. Um, Doug, tainted eye drops, uh, we got to talk about them again. The FDA has advised people to avoid purchasing and immediately stop using. Are you ready? It's called Dr. Burns MSM Drops 5% Solution. And are you ready for the second one from them? The same company. Light Eyes MSM Eye Drops Eye Repair because the drops may be contaminated with bacteria, fungus, or both. So tainted eye drops back in the news. Uh, you know, you wonder. I, I When I had my eye operation earlier this year, uh, I took eye drops. I'd never taken eye drops before. never used them because I didn't like sticking stuff into my eyes, frankly. So I never wore contact lenses because... I didn't like the idea of sticking my <laughs> sticking my finger into my eye. Do you wear contacts? I never asked you that before. I see you with glasses. I do not. No. I do not. Yeah. So never. You know, I've tried them, and I just for me, I've just never felt comfortable with them. Yeah, I didn't either. So that's why I didn't use them. All right. So anyway, look out for Doctor Burns Light Eyes Eye Drops, according to Ken. All right. Let's get to some questions. Uh, there are questions emerging about a number of vaccines. We're getting into that time of the year. What do we We need the flu shot? Do we need something for this new COVID? And here I see uh, a focus on vaccines like shingle vaccines, pneumonia vaccines. Looks like this these vaccines and maybe some others are good for other things, Ken. Am I right? Yes, this comes out of the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease. What? Who among us is not concerned about lowering our risk of getting Alzheimer's? So this may be of interest to all of us. And the news is that certain adult vaccines, Doug, including shingles and pneumonia shots, may also help fight off Alzheimer's disease. Prior vaccination with the shingles vaccine, the pneumococcus vaccine, that's the pneumonia vaccine, or the tetanus and diphtheria shot with or without added pertussis vaccine, they're associated with, are you ready, a 25 to 30% reduction in the risk of Alzheimer's disease. This is huge. Yep, it looks like it's huge. So with that in mind, uh, and all of the blur, blah, 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 in the news media about a new COVID variant, look out! Uh, So I looked at the stats. The headline I saw uh about uh, ba.2.86 or whatever the hell it is uh, uh, may infect more people than previous strains we're talking about the mutations that have been around earlier this year where maybe four people got it now eight people will get it uh i think this is an another example of overkill but maybe you can speak to the vaccines because i know you are uh, favorably uh well you, you let, like let, don't don't speak for me yet i won't don't okay speak i'll be for me yet. Um, because COVID-19 in, in 2023 is an evolving illness and it's no longer for most of us, not everyone, because you have to individualize your own response to this. But for most of us, it's not 2020 where this was a potentially life-threatening, deadly disease, or if we got it, a horrible long-term chronic illness that would become an autoimmune illness. 
It's definitely not gone away, but it's gone the way of the, the flu, which was the last pandemic. And it comes each year. We get our flu shots, many of us. And it becomes, for most of us, just a bad cold. And yes, there's no doubt COVID-19 has come back with a spike. I have a number of patients who've called me about it, uh, a number of friends and colleagues across the country who have called me about it in the last week or two. I'm hearing from a lot of people who are getting COVID. But the good news is that it now appears to be nothing but a bad cold, and it goes away in a few days for most of us. It doesn't go into this pneumonia. It's mostly upper respiratory, nasal, just a bad cold. But there is a subset of patients who it's not going to be a bad cold. These are the immunocompromised people. These are the people who are very elderly. We're talking about 75 and older. These are the people who have a lot of other illnesses. Uh, they just don't fight off bugs real well. You know who you are. This subgroup, this small subgroup of people, these are the people who definitely need the vaccinations, definitely need to be very carefully treated. But for most of us, for the overwhelming majority of us, don't fear this. This is nothing more than a very bad cold. For some, it's yeah. a mild cold. Yeah, I think that is really it. That's why we need to uh, put things into perspective as much uh, as anything else. It really is very important to understand the pros and the cons, the good and the bad, uh, the research that's been done, all of that sort of thing. Uh, and You, you, know, you I, need to know your own risk of being able to fight an infection. And how do you and figure it, that out? you got to know how your immune system's working, well, right? Well, that's why you talk to your doctor. You don't do this alone. Yeah. And we physicians have ways of assessing each patient. And if you're high risk of being hospitalized and dying from COVID-19, I'm going to be aggressive with you. But fortunately, yeah. that's not the majority of us. Dr. Ken Kronhaus here from Lake Cardiology in Mount Dora, Florida. I'm Doug Steffen. Sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and by Prevagen, really good for your mind. This program was produced at Bob K. Sound and Recording. Please visit BobKSound.com. Your brain is an amazing thing, but as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.